Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. If you would like to join us in scripture this morning, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Last week, um, we wrapped up our series on culture. Um, We spent four weeks looking at what it meant to live as Christians, what it means to live as Christ followers inside of culture. And we talked about the importance of the recognition that, that we're not somehow at war with culture, but we have the power to shape the culture. And we spent four weeks looking at that. And next week, we're going to start a sermon series around Easter, um, and we're going to look at what it means to admit, believe, and confess. As we will talk about, you know, at different times, you may hear people say, becoming a Christian is as easy as ABC. And admit, believe, and confess. And what we're going to do over the next three weeks is we're going to dive deeply into what it means to, for us to admit that we are sinners, believe that Jesus died on the cross, and confess him as Lord. And so we're going to begin that next week. But this week, we're going to take a look at the story of David and Goliath. Um, we're going to take a look at one of the most common stories in Scripture, one of the, the ones that if you grew up in church, you probably are at least somewhat familiar with. But this week, we're actually not going to talk specifically about the conflict between David and Goliath. Um, see, David and Goliath is, is more than just the story of this little shepherd boy doing battle with a nine-foot-tall giant. There's more to the story than that. There's certainly amazing things that we can take away from that, but I don't want to talk about that specifically. See, the story of David and, and his life and the part that even includes Goliath, it's, it's the story of a person given a dream, given a mission, given a purpose for his life. Out of a relationship with God, David is given this purpose and this calling. And we're going to talk about what that looked like for him in a moment. We're going to talk about what it looked like for him to be given this. And then the journey that he goes on Because I think that for us, for you and for me, I think the journey that David takes is easily identifiable. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. I've never fought someone who's nine feet tall. And I don't anticipate having to do that. Truthfully, I've never even really been in a fight. Outside of like with my brothers. But like, I've never really been in like a fight where like, I've been punched once. That's it. So I'm not like living in this macho place of like, bring it, you know, I'm going to fight Goliath. Like, I can identify with the metaphors and all of that, but, but really, I'm not, I'm not Zach. You know, Zach fights. I don't fight. I watch people box and I think I would get hit once and be like, I'm out. This is not fun. I, I don't know what's fun about this. And I'm just not wired that way. And so I can take away a lot from the metaphor of David and Goliath. But what I want to talk to us about this morning 
I, yes, it's still this morning. What I want to talk to us about this morning is the, the giants that David had to fight in order to fight Goliath. That there was this story that, that David goes on where he's got to fight some, some giants in his life that I think are identifiable to me and you. That it's not just this metaphor of who is your Goliath and there's truth and there's power. God will defeat our giants. But I think that there's some other giants that he has to face along the way that are more identifiable for you and for me. And so the, the story begins in first chapter, or first Samuel chapter 17, where, where the army of the Philistines has, has set up camp in Judah. See, if you don't know who the Philistines are, the Philistines, they were a, a group of people when, when God had sent the Israelites to take the land of Canaan, there were some people living there. And God says, you need to get rid of the people who are living there. And the Israelites did a pretty good job of it. It's sort of like when Yvonne will say to me, like, could you clean this area? I do a pretty good job of it. But it's not always 100% complete. Well, you know, he gave it his best try. Thank you, honey. And I say, well, you're welcome. I try to feel good about myself. And then she's got to come behind me and clean it up afterwards. And that's sort of what happened. God said, you need to remove the people. And they did a pretty good job. But there were some people that they didn't quite do it good enough. And so there were these groups of people, and one of them was the Philistines. And what we quickly discover is that the Philistines become a problem for the people of Israel. That as they're living in the land, these people that they didn't quite do a good enough job become a very sore spot, a very difficult people in the life of Israel. And so at this point in the story, they, they've, they've come into the land of Judah and they've set up camp inside of Judah to challenge the Israelites to, to war, to battle. But it's a little bit different in a unique way because the Philistines don't come and say, send your army out against me, our army, and let's, let's see whose army is better. But instead, this is where Goliath comes. They say, we want, to, we want to challenge you to one-on-one combat. And oh, by the way, we just happen to have a guy who's nine feet tall, who's been trained to fight since birth. His shield weighs 150, or his, his spear weighs 150 pounds. His, 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 his uh, shield is tremendously large. He's got a guy whose job it is just to carry his shield because he, it's so big and it's so heavy. Um, we challenge you to fight him. And day after day, this challenge is made. And of course, it's terrifying for Israel. If, if, if somebody came into the church right now and from, from the pizza place next door and said, we want to challenge you for the right to this space. And we got a nine foot tall guy who's, uh, and who wants to fight him? I, I'm not interested. By the grace of God, enjoy the building. You know, that, that we're, that's not what that, uh, they're terrified. They look at this guy, he's, he is the most intimidating of intimidating presences, and they don't want to fight him. And so what we see is, is Israel employ the strategy of ignore them and maybe they'll go away. That, that they, day after day, the Philistines come out and they say, we challenge you to combat, we challenge you to fight, and they're answered with just silence. Nobody answers their questions. And so for 40 days and 40 nights, this is taking place. 
So that's what's happening with the Goliath part of the story. But let's check in with the other half, with David. David is a shepherd boy. That's his job. That's his, his occupation, his life, really. Not just a job. He, he takes care of his father's sheep. But what's important to know about David, if you don't know the story of David, is that he was chosen to become the next king of Israel. Now, if you don't know this, that, that full story, unfortunately, we don't have time to unpack it all this morning. But what you need to know is that in the previous chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 16, the prophet of God, Samuel, comes to, to David's house and he looks over all of his brothers and everything and he, he chooses David to become the next king. But not yet. And that's kind of the weird part for David. He's been chosen to be king, but not until the guy who's currently king, his name is Saul, and we'll talk about him in a minute, until he's dead. There's that famous line in the movie Casablanca where they say, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. Well, for David, it's not even soon. Is It's just at some point this is going to happen, but for now you are the king, but you're not the king until you become the king. And so David is God's anointed king for some point later on in the future. And so as we talk about the giants that you might have to face in your life as you look to live out the calling of God, as you look to do and be all that God has called you to do, the first giant that you might have to face is delay. Dreams are not always fulfilled instantly. Promises are not always kept in an instant. God gives you the dream one day, but he doesn't always fulfill it the next day. It may be years before you see the fulfillment of the things God has spoken to you. You may know, God has called me to do this. And it may take a long time for you to get there. It may be years before you see the fulfillment. There, there's almost always a waiting period. In David's case, after Samuel anointed David as king, there's this moment where he, he pours oil over his head and says, you are God's anointed. And David's father says to David, now go back to watching the sheep. Somebody's still got to watch these sheep. You're not king yet. My house, my rules. You know, you're still living here. You go watch the sheep. He's the, he is the God-chosen, God-anointed king of Israel. Now go back to watching the sheep. But God is faithful, and he will complete his work in his time in your life. We, we sometimes have to stare down and face down the giant of delay. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 will tell us, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. God is not delayed. God is not somehow unable to. God is not slow. He's waiting for his time. But for us, it can feel like delay. And delay can eat away at the things that God has told us. Did God really say, am I sure, after this long, shouldn't God have done something? That David, day after day, had to go watch over the sheep. And so David's at home taking care of the family farm while some of his brothers are off as part of the Israel war effort. They're at this camp 
where Goliath is showing up and challenging them day after day. And David's father, his name is Jesse, asks David to take some supplies to his boys that are in Israel's camp opposed by Goliath and the Philistines. And so he comes to David and says, I need you to bring some, some sandwiches and some stuff to your brothers. And so David does just what he's told. He brings the supplies to his brother. And as he shows up, he shows up right at the moment where, where as he's talking to his brothers and he's saying hello to his brothers, essentially, the daily ritual of Goliath's taunts and Israel doing nothing begins to take place. Verse 23 of, of 1 Samuel 17. See, eventually we got there. As he was talking, as David was talking with them, his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. The second giant that you might have to face in your life as you look to follow and live out all that God has called you to do. The second giant you ha might have to face is discouragement. That day after day, they're confronted by this thing, and day after day, they run away from it because they're not willing to stand against it. Goliath had created this climate of fear in Israel, and everybody was convinced they're going to lose the battle. Who are we listening to that says it can't be done? Who is putting down your dreams saying it won't ever happen? Sometimes all we need in our lives is a fresh voice. Sometimes all we need is a voice that will come along, this voice of a, of a young shepherd boy that will walk into a situation where we're afraid and fearful. And this boy will say, that guy's nothing. We can take him. But as people are cowering in fear and, go, and trying to ignore Goliath, David hears what Goliath has to say. And he's got this fresh voice in the face of discouragement. Because David's not filled, filled with fear. If we drop down to verse 26, it says, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Well, David, he's a nine-foot-tall ultra-soldier. That's who he is. That's who he thinks he is, and that's who we think he is too. But David stands unconvinced and continues to talk about how somebody's got to do something. We've got an army. Why are we do why are why is no one doing anything? And after all, we've got God on our side. But David's brothers are unimpressed with David's enthusiasm. David comes and he, he's full of faith and he's full, God's going to do something. It's going to be amazing. God and his brothers are unimpressed. Verse 28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking, he heard him talking about God's going to do, it's going to be, God's going to be great. As he heard him speaking with the other men, he burned with anger at David and asked, 
Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? David, you are in charge of these couple little... Who are you to come and tell us what we can do? You're in charge of a few piddly little sheep. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David, you're just trying to stir stuff up. Who, what, are you do, what are you even doing here now? The third giant that may be standing in your way of living out what God has for you is disapproval. In David's case, his own brother questioned his motives and, and disapproved of him going after Goliath. See, sometimes in your life, when, when God gives you a dream, when God gives you a purpose, when God gives you a mission, and you, you take the steps to go for it, and as people hear and, and see what you're doing and why you're doing it, and you say, I'm the one to do this, we would like to believe that the people around us would, would be supportive. That they would be like, oh, good for you, man. Good for you. I'm excited to watch you follow God's call in your life. And sometimes they are. But you may also be misjudged, maligned, and misunderstood. And then we have to decide what matters more. The understanding and approval of, of other people or the understanding and approval of God. Jesus will tell his disciples this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 26. He will say, with man, this is impossible. And so then it's not a wrong thing for man to say that's impossible. Jesus doesn't say, actually, they're wrong. With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so are we looking with, with our, our eyes as people and saying, it can't be done. It's, it, this doesn't work. It's impossible because we might be right. But Jesus will challenge us and David will see with, through David what it means to, to look like God looks and see that with God, all things are possible. And so David is undeterred, and, and as he is, he is sort of saying, no, 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 we can do this. We can. And he's, he's trying to rally the people and trying to get them going. Word reaches the king of Israel, a man named Saul. I mentioned them earlier, and, or mentioned him earlier, that there's this kid who's, who's around, and he wants to fight Goliath. He, he wants to do something, and Saul sends for David, and in verse 32 we read, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. David is summoned to the king. He says to the king, I'll do it. We don't need to be afraid anymore. Let, let me go and fight him. Verse 33, Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. The fourth giant that we might have to face as we try to walk out what God has for us is doubt. There was no one in Israel who would have been a better expert on war and combat than Saul. He knew the most about Saul. In fact, 
we see that if, if we go back and we look back to when Saul was chosen to be king, what we see is that Saul was essentially Israel's Goliath. Um, we read, when, we, when you see, that when, when they find Saul, one of the things that they say is that he's big and strong, but that also he's a head taller than everybody else. He was the closest thing Israel had to a Goliath. He was the biggest, strongest Israel. And so if you're going to have the biggest, strongest Philistine fight the biggest, strongest Israelite, it should have been Saul. But Saul says, even I can't do this. Even I'm not going to do this. Who do you think you are to be able to do this? Maybe there's people in your life saying maybe you're not the right person for the job. Maybe there's people in your life, maybe even experts that look and say, you, you don't have all of the pieces of the puzzle that you need in order to do what it is that you're saying you're doing. Maybe there's people in your life that are saying, you know what, um, we're not with you. We don't think you're the right, the right person. And it's enough to make you start doubting yourself. But we read Paul's confession in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, when he says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That as Saul says to David, you can't do this, David lives out Paul's words and says, but I can do all things if I'm doing them through God. And so we have David, this, this shepherd boy with, with seemingly no credibility and nobody in his corner. But he's willing to fight. All the giants that he had to face had let him go to this place where he was going to fight this literal giant. He had stood up to all of these giants and now it's time to face the giants. And so how does David defeat his giants? How does David walk through all of these giants, not just Goliath, but, but how does he defeat these giants we've talked about? Delay, discouragement, disapproval, doubt. There are three things that we're about to see from the life of David that give us the roadmap for how we're going to stand up against all of these giants in our lives. First thing we need to do, remember how God has helped you in the past. That as we, as we stand up to fight against a, a giant, the first thing we need to do is remember what God has done. As David is told by Saul, you can't fight Goliath. You have no experience. You have no talent. You have no, no nothing that will let you do this. And, and that if you do do it, you are going to die. David recalls what God has done for him in the past. David tells Saul where his confidence comes. And in verse 34, he says, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. There's a training program for your boxing. Go fight some lions and bears and punch them out. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion will, and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand 
of this Philistine. When you remember how God has helped you in the past, it gives you confidence for what God will do in the future. Um, on your way into the church, you may have noticed on one of your trips in, there's a, there's a rock in the front entryway of the, the church. There's a, a stone that, that sits out in there, and it's a quote from actually earlier in, in this book of the Bible, in, in earlier in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And it's, it reads this in verse 12. It says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer. Not after the guy from Christmas Carol. Um, that, that's not what Ebenezer... Ebenezer, Ebenezer here, it, it means a stone of hope. And, and what it said, and what he wrote on the stone, and what it actually says on the stone in the front of the, the church is it says, Thus far the Lord has helped us. It's a confession of God's faithfulness up until this point. It's a confession of saying, as we look back over the journey that the Israelites had taken, and, and as, as, as they've seen, they've seen the Lord help them. And that's the, the, the cry of, that our life has is thus far the Lord has helped us. God has been faithful and we believe that God will continue to be faithful regardless of the giant you're go we're going to have to face. That as we stand face to face with a giant, we, we don't look back and go, or look ahead and go just, oh man, this is a big deal. We look back and we go, wow, I've got a trail of defeated giants behind me. What's one more? The second thing we learn from, from what David does is, and for us to, to remember, is to use the tools God has given you. Saul, after seeing that he can't change David's mind, after seeing that David is going to go through with this, whether he, he should or he shouldn't, he, he, he tries to do something to help this at least just not end gross. That if David's committed to going through this, how can I at least have this not end in the worst possible disgusting outcome? What can I do to help to give David who has zero chance, maybe like 0.5% chance? And so he says, well, at least let me give you my armor. It says this, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistines. See, sometimes in our lives, we can think that we're just one thing away. We're just one thing away from, from being able to do what we're called to do. I, I just need one more, more thing. I, I just need one more thing, and then I can be who I'm called to be. I just need one, one more. I, I even know what it is, maybe, or, or I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm so close. I'm just not quite there yet, but, but we can't live in, we can't lean on, we can't work out of something we, we don't have. Don't wait for something you don't have. Money, education, 
connections, whatever it is that maybe you feel like you lack, God has given you all the tools you need to face your giants. If God needed you to have something else to face the giants, he would have given you that thing. But we're called to use the tools God has already given us. There's not a soul alive that would have said, well, a slingshot and five stones is all you need. You need something else, man. You, you, you can't do it like that. That's not how it works. But David says, I'm going to use what God has given me. And so David walks out onto the battlefield, answering Goliath's challenge. And Goliath is a mixture of amused, insulted, and frustrated by the presence of David. By this armorless non-soldier coming out to challenge him. This kid walks out onto the battlefield and, and Goliath isn't sure whether to laugh, whether to be upset, or whether to be insulted. That after all this time, this is what you're going to bring out before me. We, we read in verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and he saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, but he despised him. He said to him, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? What is this nonsense? Who are you and what do you think you're doing? Do you not realize who I am? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Come here and we'll end this. If this is what we're going to do, just come here and we'll finish this off. And David's response to the taunts of Goliath lead us to our, our third thing that David does to defeat the giant. The last, the last point for us this morning is that David walks into battle with Goliath expecting God to help him for his glory. As David storms the battlefield, he shouts, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and the world will know that there is a God in Israel. David went out, not because he was like, I can do this, by the power of positivity, by the power of thinking this, by, by the power of speaking it into truth, I can do this. David went out because he knew that the Lord was with him. Notice he doesn't really say anything about himself and everything that he said. I'm coming out in the power of the God of Israel. God will use anybody who will use or who will trust him and expect to be used by him. Not because of who you are, but for his glory. In the end, we'll read that you, you can read that David kills Goliath. 
But not because of David's amazing skills or David's battle-heartedness with a slingshot. But because of where his faith was. And even as situations and people rose up to try and stop David from fulfilling his God-given dream and purpose, David was able to face down his giants. Not just the giant Goliath, but the giants that you and I face. The giants of delay. Having to trust God when it, it seems like nothing is happening. When the promises of God don't seem to be amounting to much. The, the giants of discouragement. Having to walk through seasons where it's not that nothing's happening. It just seems like nothing good is happening. There's a lot happening. It just all is bad. And it's discouraging. And it's not going well. This isn't what was supposed to happen. And it's easy to be discouraged. Fear, anxiety, stress, and worry. And, and we are unsure if this thing that God has given us will ever truly come to be. The giant of disapproval, having to trust God when people around us question us or question our motives, our reasons for believing that God really is going to work through us. Or the giant of doubt. Yeah, but really, for real? That's a pipe dream that can't happen. Other people, the little voice inside our heads th telling us that, that this ain't happening. God can't do that. But we see three things that, that we can use to face down the giants. These giants, whatever giants you're facing in your life, first, first remember that God has helped you in the past. We, we sang earlier today, you're the same God now that you've always been. We, we, we proclaim that truth. We have written on the wall on the side of the church, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is faithful. God will be faithful. And as we put our hope in the same God that David did to defeat his giants, we can defeat ours as well. Second, use the tools that God has already given you. It's easy for us to see who we're not. It's easy to see what we don't have. Sometimes harder to see what we do have. In the face of a giant like Goliath, David could have not even thought of his slingshot. Because that's not what you need to do the job. And so it could sit in the back of his bag completely forgotten. But God has made you, you. And given you what you have. And you are ready to do what God has called you to do. And last, we live with an expectation that God is going to use us. We, we walk in faith, in belief and in trust that the God who promised, the God who gave us the dream, isn't just going to maybe see it through, depending on how we do. But the God who, who made us, the God who gave us the dream, will be faithful to see it through. In scripture, it will say that we can be confident of this very thing. That the God who began a work in you will be faithful to see it through to completion. 
Like David, we charge the battlefield of life with an unshakable courage that says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. We all have, have giants in our life. Each of us, right now, today, are dealing with giants. And God wants you to know today that he defeated the giant Goliath, and he can defeat your giants as well. Well, Father, we come before you today with, with any number of giants standing before us, proclaiming any number of messages. Just as David, or just as Goliath would come daily and shout things to cause fear and discouragement into the lives of Israel. God, so many of us are facing those giants today. That as we, we stand here today, God, maybe even already this morning, we've had the giant show up in our lives and proclaim and scream those things at us. Proclaim and scream those things to make us insecure, to make us afraid, to make us worried about what the future may bring. God, even, even this morning, we may have been shouted. But God, I pray that today, not, not this words that I spoke, but God, your, your ministry of the Holy Spirit, even as we shared or, or as, as the Holy Spirit may be ministering right now, God, I pray that, that a fresh voice would come into to the lives, our, our lives as we, we need you to speak, that, that that fresh voice of David that would say, who is this? Who is this that stands against the things of God? God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be speaking to us today that same thing. Who is this? You will not be defeated by this voice. And in the name of Jesus, we, we pray that and we proclaim that in our lives, God, as we, as we face down uncertainty, as we face down fear, as we face down worry, as we face down the voices that scream into our faces about how you cannot win this. God, we ask for the voice that David had, the voice that the Holy Spirit would speak to us now. That would say in the name of Jesus, you're going to have victory. You're going to have victory. Who is this that stands in the face of God? As David proclaimed, we proclaim over the giants in our lives. Today, you will be delivered into the hand of God. And so I pray that for all of us today, who need a touch from God, that today the giants that we face would be delivered into the hand of God. God, I thank you that you work so mightily in our lives that as big of a giant as we may face, God, I thank you that we, we don't stand and face them alone we're not there because we're, that, that somehow we're, we're the best qualified. We're not there because we're Saul, we're the king, we're the tallest, we're the strongest. But we're there because we're David. Because we've placed our trust in you.
And so God, I pray right now for all of those who are having their giants shout them down that today they would be delivered into the hand of the Lord. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family, and that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca. Or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go.